Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to be talking about the rapture, specifically the rapture and revelation. Now, you may be saying, well, who are you? Why should I listen to you talk about the rapture? I mean, I already know you're post-trib. If I believe in pre-trib, why should I listen to you? And I think that's a valid question. Well, first of all, why should you listen to me? As you know, I've said many times I memorized the book of Revelation. And in the process of that, I got these 30 revelations, but that's not what I'm talking about now. However, when I memorize the book of Revelation, matter of fact, I'm going to say when anyone memorizes a scripture, they have a deeper understanding in that scripture. And if you've ever memorized even one verse, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you understand that verse, you see it deeper when you have committed it to memory. You see, you understand beyond just the ink on the paper. Well, in that I've memorized the whole book of Revelation, hopefully that will give me a little bit more credibility why you should listen. Now, let me start with a disclaimer. And I am hoping and I'm praying that pastors will listen to this, that you would go to your pastor and say, Pastor, please, with a kind heart, with a patient, with an open mind, please listen to this, especially if they are pre-trib or mid-trib or even pre-wrath. So, the point of this is not trying to offend anyone. I I love you, and I want to see you in heaven, and especially if you're a pastor, I don't want you to get in trouble with the Lord or with your people because you're misunderstanding. Now, let me also say, I don't think that people, especially a pastor, I don't think that they think, okay, well, I'm going to lie to my people. I'm going to tell them there is a pre-trib rapture when I know good and well that there's not. I don't think that's their attitude. You see, I used to be pre-trib. Well, why was I pre-trib? Because I did the same thing most everybody does. In those days, I went to a Christian bookstore, and I looked up among all of the prophecy books, and I selected one. I took it home, and I read it. Guess what was in the book? Pre-trib. Went back to the Christian bookstore, ordered more books, and guess what was in all of them? That's right, they're all pre-trib. Now, I'll leave that to the conspiracy theorists on how that happens, but I do know that from my trips to all of the bookstores, back when there were Christian bookstores, uh, they're all pre-trib. <laughs> I can't understand that, but there's no other diversity of opinion. And so in a nation that's supposed to have diversity of opinion, when it comes to the rapture, there are almost no books out there on anything, anything but a pre-trib rapture. So if that's all you're exposed to, if you've never seen anything else, then how can you see it another way without doing a lot of study and without the Holy Spirit showing you? So that's what I'm about to do is show you another path, another way. Believe me, I have studied. I have taught pre-trib. I understand the all the arguments for the pre-trib. Believe me, I understand all of them, and they're just a misunderstanding. It's not that they mean harm. It's that they lack information. Let's put it this way. Based upon the information up to this point, they are believing pre-trib. But I'm going to, and this is probably going to stretch over two broadcasts. In the next two broadcasts, I'm going to show you another point of view. I'm going to tell you why Revelation is teaching nothing but a post-trib rapture. You understand that I kind of work on commission here. <laughs> Before I got into the ministry, I used to be in door-to-door sales, and I was straight commission. As we said, no selly, no eating. <laughs> well, then I got out of the door-to-door sales, and I got into basically business 
door-to-door sales. Once again, I was on straight commission. In other words, if you don't produce, you don't get no money. Well, that's the same way it is here in the ministry. In other words, if I don't get some money coming in the door, then everything begins to shut down. So indirectly, directly, somehow, somewhere, I believe out there that all of the world is on straight commission. In other words, whatever you do for whatever company or if you own your own company, if you don't produce, you're in trouble. You're going to be shutting the doors. It's just a matter of time. Well, I realize that with the ministry, too. So I understand that I have to do well. I have to do, and I'm talking about just from the pure flesh standpoint. I'm not talking about the miracles of God providing, and by golly, I've certainly seen and had my share of those, too. But I'm talking about from just a pure standpoint of, of flesh here. So from the standpoint of wanting to see our ministry do well, I've got a couple of questions for the folks out there that are not post-trib. In other words, if you're pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath. So I would ask you, my first question is, why would I, one that wants to see our 25-year-old ministry continue to 26 years, why would I tell you that there is no pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture? Why would I do that? Why would I tell you no one is going anywhere? Why would I do that? Well, ask yourself a question. Is it going to bring us more listeners or less? Will it bring us more donations or less? Will it get me invited to speak in churches? The answer is no, no, no. (laughs) A thousand times no. Okay, if it's not going to further our ministry, then why would I do it? Well, so I can be considered an outcast, a weirdo, a wacko, a crazy so I can be rejected by all of the other pastors, all of the other churches, by even more people than have already rejected me over the Demetri Dudeman message. Do I love being rejected? Well, of course not. Okay, so back to my question. Why would I possibly teach you a post-trib rapture when all of the world is pre-trib? Why would I do that? Well, I believe in post-trib. Send your donations. I believe in post-trib. Invite me to speak. I believe in post-trib. Buy my book. Is that the way it works? (laughs) No, 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 a thousand times no. All right, so back to my same question. Why would I do it? Why would I get on the radio and tell people that the thing that their pastor, the thing that almost every Christian in America, at least, believes, why would I get on there and say, you misunderstand, you lack information, I love you, but you don't understand. Why would I say there's no pre-trib rapture? There's only one reason, only one reason. It's because I believe it's the truth, and I believe in telling the truth, and I fear God, and I want to please Him more than I want your friendship or your finances. What? You mean you would put your ministry in jeopardy to be able to tell me the truth? Well, It's got to be that way, brothers and sisters. It's got to be that way. Look, if I'm going to compromise and if I'm going to tell you something that I do not believe, guess what? It's only going to be a matter of time before the devil says, hey, he compromised on that. Let's see what else I can get him to compromise on. And all of a sudden, I'm going down a path to the devil like on a bobsled. So I can't do that. I I, I cannot back up one moment. I've got to tell you what I believe to be the truth. Now, I've got to have some good reasons believing that, and so, and then I memorize the book of Revelation, I'm about to give you things I don't think that you've ever seen before. Why haven't you seen them? Well, one of the reasons is, is because 
a pre-tribber is not going to stand up and give you all of the reasons why it's not pre-trib. Why? Because they want to lie to you? No, because if they saw them, they wouldn't be pre-trib. So they're not going to give you things that they don't know. So I'm about to give you things, I dare say, regarding the rapture, you do not know why. Because two years ago when I started memorizing the Revelation, I didn't see some of these things either. I don't know, maybe I should even write a book on uh, Revelation and the rapture. So anyway, we'll see. Now let's put the shoe on the other foot. Why would a person tell you, oh, don't worry, Jesus is going to come in the clouds, you're not going to see any sorrow. Uh, If you are a little afraid of the end times, well, it's your flesh that likes it. We like the pre-trib. I believe in pre-trib. Send your donations. Okay. I believe in pre-trib. Invite me to speak. Okay. I believe in pre-trib. Buy my book. Okay. Why, it is only pre-trib books that are sold. I love your ministry. I love your pre-trib ministry. Don't you think I'd like to hear all of that? Yep. Okay. So I'm only telling you this because I believe it to be the truth. Well, if I think that post-trib is accurate and you don't agree with me, then we have to, as the Bible says, study the scriptures and reason together and to see what the truth is. Study to show thyself approved. The Holy Spirit has promised to lead us into all truth. So, do you think the Holy Spirit knows the truth about the rapture? Well, of course. Okay, then a couple of questions. Then why is it that every pre-trib prophecy conference always has another speaker giving another reason why the pre-trib is the correct doctrine. Answer, because the Holy Spirit continues to speak to their hardened heart, there is no rapture to save you, but the flesh wants to be convinced again and again (laughs) and again. So why is it post-trib conferences never have anyone speaking on the rapture? Why? Because it's settled in their heart. They found the truth. The Holy Spirit knows the truth. And is not always pounding on their heart. No, you need to check this out. No, you're wrong. You're misunderstanding. That's why the pre-trib conferences constantly have people talking about the pre-trib rapture. Another reason why it's true. Because it's not. I'm not, again, attacking you. I I love you if you see a pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath. And I'm not trying to make you an enemy. I'm not trying to run your donations off. I I am trying to help you to understand the correct way. And I dare say that the reason you see pre-trib is because you lack information. See, based upon the information up to this point, you see pre-trib. But if I can give you additional information from the scriptures, and not just a little bit, can't be just, oh, well, yes, uh, just one little scripture. No, 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 no. It's got to be a theme. In other words, it's got to be like a thread that is woven through all of the scriptures. It's got to be saying it over and over and over and over and over for someone to change their mind. Look, changing from pre-trib to post-trib requires soaking time. It requires, okay, I've got to think about that. I've got to let that kind of gel a little bit. I've got to put that on the shelf. I've got to let that kind of ponder a little bit. Uh, you know, ponder in our heart. So here it goes. Let's start at what I think the book of Revelation is saying in regards to the rapture. We're going to start at Revelation 2.8. And you have to understand my teaching style is I could just go straight to the verse and just quote just that verse. But I want to kind of give it a running start. And the reason is, is because I've had people quote things out of context. 
and make them say something that they weren't really saying. So you got to sometimes, matter of fact, a lot of times, quote a verse or two before then so you kind of get the context of, of what it's being said to so you can make certain you understand it. That way no one is going to be tricking you. So I'm going to sometimes read a couple of verses before, maybe even a verse after, because I want to read it in context. I don't want to trick you. I want you to discover for yourself the truth about the rapture. There's an old saying that says, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So I'm not going to try to shove this down your throat. And I can tell you right now that if you do not want to change from a pre-trib rapture position, you won't change. But if you are really seeking the truth, and if you're saying, Lord, I want to know the truth, I want you to show me the truth, and if I see the truth, then I will switch to that truth because truth is most important. If that's your attitude, then I believe I can help you. So here we go, Revelation 2.8. And under the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, meaning Jesus, which was dead and is alive, again meaning Jesus. I know thy works, and thy tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of those which say they are Jews or not, but are the synagogue of Satan. He says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Now, who are these seven churches? Well, I believe that they were literally seven brick-and-mortar churches back in Asia about 2,000 years ago. But then another place that says these are the seven churches of God. In other places, it says these are the seven lamps burning before the throne of God. And his hand is seven stars. So what these, what he says to the angel of the church of Smyrna, yes, it's talking about a brick-and-mortar church in Smyrna but it's most specifically talking to the angel over this church, saying, I'm not exactly pleased with what people are doing in this particular church. However, the church of Smyrna was being persecuted. So he's saying to them, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Now, okay, a pre-tribber would say, yeah, but that was a church 2,000 years ago, doesn't have anything to do with us today. Wait a minute, the angel is still alive. Still running that church today. That church is on the earth today by the Spirit. In other words, all of those seven churches are alive and working to some degree, some place today. Not brick and mortar, but by Spirit. So, he's saying, and you have to understand that the book of Revelation is not about the past. It's not about the present. It is about the future. Specifically, it is the book that is speaking of the last seven years talking about the tribulation. So when he's talking about this, yes, he was talking to a brick and mortar church 2,000 years ago. He's also speaking to the angel of the church, but we don't care about that. That's not our point today. He is talking about a church that will be in the seven-year tribulation. He's speaking to a group of people that are believers that are alive during the last seven years. That's what he's talking to. And he says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Well, now, if Jesus didn't want people to suffer for him, why would this even be in there? The answer is, okay, you're not going to like this. He does want us to suffer, and he wants us to be willing to give our life for him like he gave his life for us. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. 
Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, future tense, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Notice he didn't say, don't worry, I'm coming to get you. You're not going to go through any trouble. Instead, he said, look, you're going to go through suffering, into prison, into the tribulation, but be faithful to death, and I'll give you a crown of life. So if Christians are not appointed to testing, then why is he testing us? In other words, there is not going to be a pre-trib rapture. He is going to expect us to be faithful to him, to be an overcomer, as we go through this seven-year tribulation. Revelation 2.12 And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he that hath a sharp sword with two edges. That's Jesus. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days where Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. Why would he leave believers to be tested, to be beat up, to be tortured, because they're living around Satan? And by the way, who is this? Satan's seat. Well, where is Satan's seat? Yeah, well, I think there's a specific place on earth. But more importantly, he's been given the title deed to the earth. When he says Satan's seat, he's talking about the whole earth, brothers and sisters. Now, with that in mind, he's talking to people in the last seven years. I know your works, where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, meaning the earth. And thou holdest fast my name. He wants us to stick to him as the beast is trying to get us to worship him, his image, Take the mark as he is trying to get us to fall away from Jesus. Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't do it. Hold fast my name. And it's not denying my faith, even to those days where there were other martyrs. That's what he's saying. In other words, when you see your other brothers and sisters killed as others before them were, don't you fall. Don't fall. Have patience. Patience in Revelation means don't quit. Specifically, don't quit Jesus. So he says, Antipas was my faithful martyr. Why didn't he say, Antipas was my unusual martyr, or my once-in-a-while martyr, or my one-time martyr? Why is he saying it there like this is a normal thing? And he's really proud of him. Meaning, if you want Jesus to be really pleased with you and call you a faithful martyr, then you have to hold fast to his name and not deny his faith. That's what he's saying where Satan dwelleth, talking about the earth. So, it appears Jesus does want us to be willing to die for him. That goes against the spirit of the rapture. So now we got two reasons why Revelation is not preaching a pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath rapture. Now let's go to Revelation 2.20. Here Jesus says he will cast adulterers into the great tribulation. Well, where's the rapture in that? Here we go. Revelation 2.20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, who calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. I will, here it is, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. 
Okay. No, Stan, that's not talking about the Great Tribulation, the seven years. That's because tribulation just means pressure or trouble. Well, yes, it does. There's no question of that. But in light of the other scriptures, in light of the whole book of Revelation, that is not talking about the past. It's not. The whole message is for the future. It's for the last seven years. Yes, it uses examples of the past, but it's not talking to those seven churches. It's not even talking to the seven angels of those churches. It was written for, just like Daniel. Daniel was not written for Daniel. Daniel was written for the last generation, this generation. So he says, I will throw them into a bed and then we commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. See, that's the whole point of the seven-year tribulation is to get people to repent. It is a recruiting platform. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he that searcheth the reins, that's the inward parts, and hearts, and I will give it to every one of you according to your works. So when he says, I'll kill her children with death, what? That doesn't sound like a preacher of rapture, does it? sound to me like Jesus is testing us, because he is. But I say unto you, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put on you none other burden but that which you have already. Hold fast till I come. Two things he's saying about there. When he says, I will, if, if you hold fast to me, I will not put upon you more difficulty, more than what you have already. Then he says, hold fast till I come. That's another way of saying, have patience. Another way of saying, hold fast my name. Don't fall. Don't give in. Don't take the mark. That's what he's saying. There's no theme. Well, I'll tell you, there's one little place where he sort of refers to some people are going to be protected, and I'm about to get to that. But the central theme to the whole book of Revelation is not a pre-trib, not mid-trib, not pre-wrath rapture. That is a misunderstanding. Now, in my book, I explain what the morning star is. I kind of talked about it briefly yesterday, but uh, so, so I'll explain it. In Revelation 3.26... He says, And he that overcometh, and keepeth my works to the end, to him will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. What's the morning star? It's a lightsaber. Jesus blows with the breath of his nostrils, and it looks like Jesus coming even from the, lightning even from the east unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It is a, a lightsaber that when it hits a person, it, it, it turns them to ashes. They fall to the ground, and their eyeballs are burned out, the flesh is burned off, the tongue is burned out of the mouth before they can hit, even hit the ground. That's the morning star. Now, he gives those people that keep his works to the end. I'll read it again. He that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end. Does that sound like a pre-trib rapture? See, Jesus rewards those who keep his works to the end. How can they be rewarded if they are pre-raptured out? Can't be. He's saying, I want you to be faithful. I want you to resist the mark. I want you to overcome over the beast and not take his mark, worship his image, or receiveth the number of his name. Revelation 3.1 The pre-trib my opinion, puts people to sleep. It doesn't wake them up. It doesn't get them closer to Jesus. 
It lets them say, oh, well, I don't have to clean up my life. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I can just relax and live in the world, and I can just have a good time and go to the ball games. I don't have to get serious with Jesus. True? That's what it does. And under the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, that's Jesus, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now think about those words. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Do you think there are some pre-tribbers out there that are off going to ball games every Sunday and they're living the life, they're having a good time, they're playing, they're water skiing, they're having lots and lots of fun, and people would say, oh, they're Christians. And they don't read the Bible, they don't go to church, they don't pray, they don't have a prayer closet. Uh, but, 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 you know, like years ago, I mean, a couple of times they went to church, you know. Well, that's describing them. Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. In other words, people are saying, oh, yeah, they're Christians, they're alive, they're saved. But he's saying, no, 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 they're dead. What? I'll show you in just a second. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. In other words, you're ready to have your candlestick removed. You're ready. You're not doing anything. You see, you've been given the talents, but you buried your talents. What happened to the one man that only had one talent? He did nothing with it. His one talent was taken away and given to the one that has ten. Well, what is the one gift that Jesus gives everyone when they ask him to come into their heart? The answer is salvation. So when it says that I'm going to take the one talent away, what's the one thing he's going to take away? I'm not even going to answer it. You know. I will keep going. Remember, therefore, thou hast received and heard. In other words, you remember how you heard about Jesus. You remember how you repented. You remember how you asked him into your heart. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If, therefore, thou shalt not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Meaning, if you ask Jesus into your heart, and you've been out skiing, and water skiing, and, and snow skiing, and often having good time, you haven't been to church a long time, even this talk here offends you because you, you don't like going to church, you don't like someone telling you what to do, you don't like to have to read your Bible, you don't like to praise the worship, you don't like none of that stuff. Okay, This describes you perfectly, we'll read it again. Therefore, therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Why? Because he's saying hold fast to what you'd received. And you'd heard. You'd hold fast and repent. In other words, clean up your life, brothers and sisters. He's saying, just like Demetrius said, wake up, America. Wake up. You're supposed to be Christians. You're supposed to be fighting and contending for the faith. But instead, you're off having a good time. You spend all your money on you. Spend your money on the world. You spend your money on anything but building my kingdom. That's what he's saying. Now let's go on to the next one. Jesus wants us to keep his word, not deny his name. Now, if we are raptured, it removes our opportunity to be blessed. Revelation 3, 7. And the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Meaning, he's identifying himself who is speaking as Jesus. He says, I know thy works. Behold, I'll set before thee an open door. 
and no man can shut it. Now, the church in Philadelphia of the seven churches, Philadelphia was the best. Philadelphia was the one that, oh, 100, 200 years ago, built the big churches. They were the ones that took the Bible around the globe. Uh, many of them were the ones that started this nation. That's the Philadelphia church. They were the best ones. Now, here's what he says to them. Thou hast a little strength. That's good. And hast kept my word and not denied my name. He gives Philadelphia a compliment. And only Philadelphia gets the compliment. Why? Because they have a little strength, has kept his word, has not denied his name. So he's saying to all the other churches, this is what I want. I want you to keep my word, not deny my name, because you're not going to be raptured out. Time's gone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And remember, it's summertime. We could certainly use your financial gifts. God bless. You can also listen to the Prophecy Club anytime on Alexa, Google Home, and YouTube. Just say, Alexa, play Prophecy Club. Our websites are prophecyclub.com, watchprophecyclub.com, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, and a Prophecy Club has been a blessing to you. And if God has blessed you, when it comes time for your giving, please remember Prophecy Club. It's summertime. We really could use your help now. Thank you, and God bless.